have to admit, I'm a little disappointed Mark isn't here because I was going to label this show uh, Jim Leo, Financial Creativity, and still letting Mark buy his guitars <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> because Mark is a, is a guitar buying addict more than a guitar player, as, as yeah. far as he says, as far as he right. says. Right. I, as far as I'm concerned, he's like Eddie Van Halen. I don't really know, yeah. but yeah. Um, he claims that he's not a great player, but he buys lots of guitars. So mm. a financial planner and Mark would have been really awesome together. <laughs> well, I, I, I think you'd be surprised with my recommendation because, you know, even with my clients now, I, I say to them, I'm never going to tell you don't do this or don't do that. Right. Bottom line is you're going to see it for yourself and you're going to say, Holy shit! It's caught. How much am I spending on whatever? Right? Because people don't really realize it as they're doing, you know, guitar here or whatever it is, you know. But even in my podcast episode we did a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, Ryan was saying, "Well, seven bucks a day for Starbucks." I'm like, "Well, it's not just seven dollars a day. Like everyone sees it as seven dollars a day. You do that five days a week, you know, uh, twenty days a month. Well, that's what that's 140 bucks a month, and then you multiply that throughout the year. That's over 1,200." And then when people see that, they're like, yeah, maybe I need to change things, right? So yeah, buy the $1,200 guitar and give up Starbucks. Absolutely. See, there you go. You can join my business. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, welcome everybody to the Expressions Podcast. This is going to be a fun episode with an old friend of mine, Jim Leo, and of course, our regular people, Sean, Aurora. And unfortunately, as you may have heard, Mark isn't here yet. And yes, that was the intro. You guys didn't know it yet, but. That was all part of my brilliant plan. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just really in a great mood tonight because I haven't really talked to Jim forever since we sold it's, stereos together. Well, it's it's been I was just thinking about that today because I think you did meet my now wife Carol and we've been married this year for 21 years. And we weren't married when you met her and that was the last time I saw you. So I think that w- that would have been at least 22 years ago. That's right? crazy, man. Time. But we've kind of been in touch through social media and stuff. And, uh, you know, yeah. so it's been pretty cool to kind of see what, uh, you know, you've been doing in life. And it's been, it's been great. And back at you. And the reason I asked you again to be on this, sh- this podcast is because we talk to people who are doing what they love to do and using their creativity to do those things. Um, yeah. And I saw these podcast episodes that you were putting out. Um, for your financial planning and giving advice and things like that. And I thought that's really cool. I mean, that's how Mm. we did it. We just started just something we wanted to do, something we thought was fun. And you're out there doing it too. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've also seen a progression in where you started with your online presence to where you are today. And there's a different level of comfort and there's a different level of ease with um, how you're giving your advice and information. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, thanks. That's awesome. Yeah, no, you're welcome. I'm just getting a message from Sean. Oh, hold on. <laughs> oh, yes. About what we waste our money on. Is that what you're talking about, Sean? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sean, um, we haven't gotten into <sighs> saying hi to us yet. So why don't we do that? Sean, <clears throat> what have you been up to? Speaking of wasting money. <laughs> I love that I'm the first person you attack with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, um, the reason I say it, Sean just shared a, a bunch of photos of Lucille, his car, um, okay. at the show that he was just at this weekend. And, you know, it's, it's exactly what we were just talking about, Jim. You have to have your priorities and spend your money where you feel it makes most sense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sean? Um, yeah. So this past weekend, uh, this is going to come out long after, I guess, uh, Tri-City has already been done, but I had Tri-City this weekend. Uh, it was my first one, which was super cool. And Brian, Mark and Aurora, you know, you guys knew that I was doing a shitload of prep for the car. And then, you know, my, my mental state of going there and, you know, being around a bunch of people while my car is being, you know, judged. So it's, it was a big, uh, it was a big job, but in the end, it was uh, it was good. I had a lot of fun. Um, I got to do uh, car limbo, which I've never done before. I've never been a part of that, which was super fun. Uh, very cramped, but very fun. Um, I passed out in a lawn chair for about a half hour in the sun, so I was I was tired, man. Like halfway through the day, it was it was good. It was it was a fun time. I didn't win anything, unfortunately, but. Um, you know what? A couple of buddies of mine got some got some good awards, and they were well deserved. Um, and uh, you know, there's always next year, right? I just gotta work a little harder and spend my money 
a little more on the car. Well, <laughs> difference is now you have some experience under your belt. You know, you know what they what they're going to do. You know how they're going to judge you. You know the yeah. environment, so you can go in with a little more, you know, direct focused approach to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, or something. I, yeah, and I went to uh, uh, an actual car meet or whatever uh, with uh, my car group or whatever uh, the Friday night because I stayed in uh, Burlington or Waterdown, I should say, uh, the Friday night, and then sa- Saturday morning. Around 8 a.m., we all went down to Kitchener, and then that's where the show was. So, um, yeah, there was. I sent you a couple of photos from that night. Um, everything with the Underglow on is from the Uncommon Meet, which was really cool. Lots of cool cars. Uh, all the all the fellas and the ladies were there, and it was a good time. Very nice, chill people. And then uh, the other ones during the day I sent you were from the actual Tri City itself. Sean, so, what are you driving? Uh, 2020 Corolla Hatch. Really? Funny nice. you should ask, Jim. I'm gonna do a quick screen share of the photos that you shared <laughs> cool. me. Might as well share share with the world. Yeah. Uh, of course, I hope I don't go the wrong way with my photos here because you never know what you're gonna see. <laughs> <laughs> now, are there electronic? Is there le- upgraded electronic equipment in there? Stereo equipment? Uh, I have my subwoofer, but that's okay. basically just one. Yeah, just one. It's uh, right. I believe Brian, it's a twelve inch. Brian, Brian, you gotta help him out, Brian. <laughs> just one. I love that. Oh, yeah. I gotta stop my screen share. The world's seeing my Facebook. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, and, I love uh, car audio. Yeah, I know. And Brian, Brian keeps telling me he's like, "Man, you gotta upgrade that stuff." And I'm like, "You know what? I'm I'm working on it." You know, yeah, I'm you less know, worried about. Sorry, go ahead, Jim. No, I was just gonna say, you know what was the indicator for me to upgrade my subwoofers? What? Every time I couldn't uh, hear it quite as well, like I lost a little bit of hearing. It's like, okay, well, now I got to go from the 10s and 12s. And then the 12s would kick in. And then all of a sudden, it's like, uh, I can't hear it as well anymore because I've lost a little bit more hearing. Well, now I'm going to the 15s, right? So that's how I upgraded. <laughs> I just got a custom 21-inch sub put in my car yeah. for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. No, I'm worried less yes. about putting sound in your car. I want to put it in my new car. That's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go see I'm, my buddy Chris for that. Yeah, I'm more or less putting. I'm more or less worried about putting sound underneath the hood at this point. Yeah, so yeah. that's uh, that's where the money is currently headed. Yeah. So other than that, uh, about one sixty-eight. Nothing crazy. Okay. Yeah. It's just not, not much, but it's yeah. what is it's, the what does it say? Yeah. Slow but satisfied on your car. Slow, slow but satisfied. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, also, good news. Uh, so I may not have won any awards at Tri City, but. Um, I talked to my really good friend, Jay, uh, Jay Diaz. Uh, he runs and started the Ontario Corolla club. And, uh, as of Sunday, I am now one of the admins for Ontario Corolla club. Oh, cool. That's yeah, so, Congratulations. Thanks, man. <laughs> my, my grandmother just spoke through me. Mazel tov. <laughs> <laughs> Something happens once in a while. Congratulations. That's awesome. Hey. <laughs> Cool. Uh, Aurora, how about you? What have you been up to? Um, my day's been pretty busy. In I don't know how to explain it. It's just been a weird day. It's been a very weird day. Andrew had some problems with work. Uh, not going to get into those. Um, and so he he left at like ten last night and didn't get back until one this afternoon um because he has the two jobs so normally he gets back at 10 30 um but yeah there was this whole situation anyway um on top of that my mom had an anaphylactic uh, anaphylactic uh episode um apparently at work they've moved in all these boxes like old boxes of files and um yeah so like i've been on and off the phone with her all day she went to a hospital the hospital oh, crap. turned her away and said that she just should keep taking Benadryl and that's oh. it. She went to a pharmacy and the pharmacy is just like, no, they should have given you, I forget what it was called, but they should have given you this. And it was just this whole situation with that. And then I also okay. had other things on. So I had like uh, yeah. some appointments that I had to go to. And you were telling me you had a busy day planned out already. Yeah. I had to go to the gym. I had a meeting with one and Melody, um, one we work with me and Brian work with one. Um, it was uh, on our show as well. Yeah, uh, for wedding planning. Um, so there's that too. Um, so yeah, it's been a it's been a day. It's been Especially a day. after yesterday and the day before. 
Yeah. Yesterday yeah. you did your workshop, the Film 101 workshop at the store. And yeah. then the day before you had the Sony episode. Uh, the Friday. The Friday, the Friday just before And that, that was a yeah. long day. Oh, my goodness. That, like I got there at like 9.30 in the morning and I didn't leave until 9 at night that day. Um, so it's been you a week. You need a week off. You need a week <laughs> off. <laughs> it's been a week. I, um, I think you but... know the manager of the store. You could probably arrange something. <laughs> <laughs> Aurora's the manager of Henry's, by the way, Jim. She okay. she's my boss. Yeah. Okay. Of the okay. Henry's New Market location. Henry's New Market. Right. Manager of the entire company. <laughs> <laughs> should be. Should be. Um, anyway, yeah, so. hopefully it gets easier. Hopefully you can relax tonight. We can have great conversation and get your mind mm -hmm. off of all that. Um, today was my wife's first day at a new job, and. Uh, I'm very proud of her. She did great, and she just got home. I haven't had a chance to talk to her, um, but I'll talk to her. What's oh, I will. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> you know Shelly from before then too, right? Oh, I love you guys. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Shelly, Shelly, I, I met like twenty-seven years ago. So yeah, you you've known her for a bit. That's cool. Oh, she, she um, with, yeah, she came to the store quite often, and yeah. Yeah. I couldn't get rid of her then. <laughs> That's a good thing. Thank God I didn't. Um, and a, a, I got a new hat. This is a big thing for me. My new hat. Nice. Yeah, see that? Look at that. Waste shot me. Special, uh, my wrestling photography thing. And yeah. I shot for Northern Crown. I, I, let me rephrase that. I went to a Northern Crown. I bought tickets, and I, I paid money to go see this event. And I'm glad I did because Jeffrey Cole – our other another guest that we've had on our show, the wrestling photographer, shooting the indies, had his own wrestling company he created, and he had his first big event. So I went there as a fan, and I brought my camera. I took some shots, and uh, I think I might be shooting the next one for them because of it. So that's pretty cool. Um, as other than that, I'm just stoked to start talking to Jim. So why don't I stop talking, and we start talking about what's important tonight, and that's what you're all about, man, because – um, <laughs> I've never really thought of financial planning as creative, to be honest. I and then I started, <laughs> well, then I started thinking about it and I remember yeah. a training manual that I, or a training workshop I took from Brian Tracy. Um, mm. thank you, Nadim, by the way. Okay. Because okay. Nadim actually got me listening to Brian Tracy, um, oh. sales techniques. Okay. And it's really because of that that I consider myself a seller of any quality today. Mm -hmm. um, so Brian Tracy has a thing about creativity, and he says, even just driving to work, you're using your creativity. Yeah. If you want to take a, a detour, you're thinking creatively about what roads yeah. you can take. So creativity doesn't naturally come from or only come from music and art and that kind of mm -hmm. thing. Creativity is problem solving. It's mm -hmm. seeing numbers and thinking of a proper solution for this person to do well with those numbers, right? And you do that in spades. So um, yeah, absolutely. Creativity is a huge part of financial planning. And if it wasn't, maybe you're not planning as much as you think you are. <laughs> yeah. It's not It's not just about the numbers. Absolutely. I, I agree with you there. So thinking on that term, mm -hmm. what got you so into the financial planning world? Because I remember we were into audio video, we were into stereos, and I know you're a musician. Yep. So you're, you're a trained guitar player. Um, so what got you into financial planning in the first place? Uh, it was, it was by accident. Like I think a, a lot of things I, um, when I was living in Scarborough, I had a neighbor across the street who was a manager at a, at a major bank. I won't name the bank. And she was looking for a teller to, to work there. Um, she approached my sister and some other people and they were, you know, not of age and I had just turned 16 and I was asked if I wanted to, to go for this job opportunity. And I agreed to it again, 16 year old, my, my friends were all flipping burgers and getting paid like four bucks an hour back then. And I was getting offered like 10. I'm like, you know what? I get to put on a suit and I, I always liked dressing up. Uh, so I took the job and you know. Was it a fantastic job? It was a clean job. It was, you know, I like dealing with people. So you deal with people all day long. Uh, I liked handling money, you know, um, that was, that was fun. And, uh, and then eventually moved to Keswick uh, after that. And uh, in Keswick found a job with the, the same company. 
And, um, you know, as a teller, you're, you're just basically handling money. You're helping people pay their bills. That's what we used to do 30 years ago. But then there was a shift in the industry where it went from a service model to a sales model. And all of a sudden, as tellers, we were expected to sell, uh, sell financial products and, and whatever else. And they had introduced telephone banking as new technology. And uh, no one wanted to, to sell the, the telephone bank. And my manager came to me and said, Jim, this weekend, you're sitting outside at a booth and you're going to sell these. And if you get five, I'll be happy. And on the Monday morning, he came back in the, in the branch and he's like, how did you do? And I'm like, oh, I think I sold 75. And that's kind of like when I realized, huh, I'm pretty good at this. Uh, and I've always liked money. Uh, I've always liked business. And uh, eventually it just kind of led towards, you know, you know, do I stay in the banking industry? And then a good friend of mine who uh, went to college, um, he was at a job fair. And, um, you know, there was a, an individual who was um, doing some kind of job fair for financial advisors in the insurance industry. And my buddy went and grabbed his business card. He said, it's not for me. It's for a friend of mine. He gave it to me. I connect with this individual and then kind of started down that path. So nothing really on purpose. It wasn't, you know, I wanted to become a race car driver. I wanted to become, you know, a rock star, you know, and, and all those things. I never thought of being a financial advisor or owning my own business. Um, but ultimately that's, that's what it ended up being. It's funny how life works that way though. Eh? I mean, back yeah. when we were selling stereos, I never thought my future would be teaching people photography and doing a podcast. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. you just, you don't know where you're going to end up. Um, yeah. And it's really important because, you know, you and I were pretty much the same age that Sean is now then. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I love watching Sean and the things that you're doing and I'm, I'm not joking. And, 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 and past episodes, it might've even come off as a little bit, you know, picking on you or something like that. Like with the episode where we joked the April fools, where we joked that we fired you and stuff. Yeah. It's not I, that at all. I, I listened to that the other week and I was like, you, I, you had me for a minute. And then Mark came in with the whole, like, Oh yeah, he's talking shit about the Wiggles, and I was like, "God damn it, Mark, you ruined it!" <laughs> Brian, Brian was so convincing up until that point, and then Mark just just solidified the joke, and I was like, "Damn it!" Uh, and then Brian started laughing, and then it was like, yeah. hey, "Well, now now I know I'm definitely there for good now. You guys are stuck with me." <laughs> In all actuality, I see I see you living your life, and I see the choices that you're making, and I, I'm loving what you're doing, and I'm so proud that you're. You're doing the podcast with us, and I know it sounds goofy, mm -hmm. and I've said it before, but um, it's things like that, that when we were that age, we mm -hmm. didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know where we were going to be. And Sean, you've already lived a couple lives to get to where you are today. I've, you know, I've lived probably the most uh, lives for a 28-year-old. Like, it's... Mm -hmm. I've seen some shit, dude. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So um, it's really encouraging to know that, you know, you just never know. You never know what's going to come down the pipes. You don't know mm -hmm. what path you're going to sway. Because I love the changes that have been in my life. I mean, working back for Nosh and Nadine back in the day, uh, I didn't necessarily go to work every day happy and excited and proud, uh, proud to work for where I worked and do the mm -hmm. things I did. Mm -hmm. um, and that is so not the case today. So, um it's great that you found your groove. It's great that you were able to do that. Um, and now you're taking it to the next level and you're podcasting about it. Maybe you can explain how that yeah. started. Again, by accident. Um, I Back in 2019, I unexpectedly required open heart surgery. And um, yeah, uh, just there was no indication of any problems. I, I just had a gut feel that they should kind of check me out a little bit deeper than they had agreed to. Um, you know, they uh, had said no, and I insisted. Finally, they agreed, and then sure enough, they, they do an angiogram. Like, you know, you're like months away from having a heart attack and dying. Uh, what were the symptoms? To... What made you feel that well, way? I, well, I didn't have any symptoms. What um, In my family, my dad's side of the family, I'd say most of the men in their 40s had a heart attack and died or had a heart attack and survived. Um, and we have a condition where some of us have a condition where our livers overproduce cholesterol. So it's not diet-based, not exercise-based. It's just, you know, even if I was on a liquid diet all my life, I still would have sludge running through my veins. Um, so 
you know, in my thirties, you know, when I started a family, I thought I better just kind of get checked out and, um, you know, was put on medicine and to help lower cholesterol and stuff, but it was still, we couldn't get it to a level that was acceptable. Uh, so uh, proactively, I was seeing a cardiologist and every two years I'd go through my routine stress test and all that stuff. And, and every two years he's like, yeah, you're good. Um, and this time it was another stress test and, you know, echocardiogram. And he's like, yeah, you know, you're fine. And we'll see in a couple of years. And so I was 46 years old, I believe. Yeah, 46 years old. And I said, you know, doc, I think I'd like you to go in with your eyes if it's possible. And he's like, uh, there's no reason for it. And um, I'm like, well, you know, this is the, you know, the history with the guys, in, the men in my dad's side of the family. Um, so something's bound to give. And he's like, listen, your stress tests are good. Your e EKGs are good. Your blood pressure is normal. You know, I used to do a lot of cycling and mountain biking and hockey. And he's like, do you experience any chest pain or anything? I'm like, no. And he goes, there's absolutely, it's a waste of resources. And he said, no. And against my character, because normally I'm like, okay, fine, you're the professional. But this time I just said, no, I'm not leaving your office until you agree to do this. So finally he did agree to it. And now uh, you're talking yeah. open surgery is what you're asking well, him to do to actually no, no, get no, his no, eyes. No, 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 get an angiogram. So what they do is they kind of okay. snake, snake a camera okay. and they go in to see if there's any um, blockages or any okay. issues. So he, he, he wouldn't do that. Finally, he agreed to it. Um, so it was actually my, my wife's birthday, May the 16th. I'm in there 630 in the morning for an angiogram. And uh, he says to my wife, Carolyn, I listen, 15 minutes. We're not going to find anything. I'm confident of it. You know, it's we're just make sure that there's nothing there and you'll be out of here in like 15 minutes. So I go in the room, uh, the procedure room, and you're awake during the procedure. Ugh. So, you know, as it's happening, you know, all of a sudden I hear the doctor yell out, holy cow, I didn't expect to, to see that stop the test, right? So I, I roll over, I'm like, doc, that didn't sound too good. What's going on? Uh -huh. says, you know, I'll, I'll clean you up and I'll talk to you and your wife outside. So I walk out literally 15 minutes later and my wife's like, oh, you know, he was right 15 minutes. And then she sees my face and she's like, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know. And uh, doctor came out and he says, yeah, you know how I said I wouldn't find anything? I'm like, yeah. And he says, well, you have five major blockages in three of your arteries. Um, the, I had a, a 50, uh, I think a 30, a 50, an 80 and 90 and a 70 and the 90 and the 50 were right in the middle of the heart. And that's the widow maker. And there's less than a 5% survival rate. If you have a heart attack from the widow maker. Um, so he literally, he looked at me and he's like, you're months away from having a major heart attack and not waking up. So right away, you know, he's like prescribing beta blockers and all kinds of stuff. And he's like, if you get a slight pain in your chest, like call the hospital like right away. So now I'm freaking out, right? And uh, he's like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna send send you uh, refer you to a heart surgeon, and uh, comes back after 20 minutes, and he's like, okay, I've referred you to a heart surgeon. He's at St. Mike's Hospital, and of course that's the hospital that I was born. You know, my 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 life started there. I didn't I didn't want it to end there. Um, but, uh, he's like, he's a world renowned surgeon, you know, he, he flies all over the world to train other surgeons, but because he's so busy, it might take a while for you to see him. Um, you know, so if you'd like, I can refer you to someone else that can see you sooner. What would you like? And I looked at my cardiologist and he's about my age with a young family. And I said, if you were me, who would you want performing the surgery? And he's like, the surgeon, um, Dr. Verma. And I'm like, well, if that's the guy that you would want, that's the guy that I want. So if I have to wait, I'll wait. Eight o'clock that night, I ended up getting a phone call from Dr. Verma's office. And uh, they're like, we're going to see you Tuesday morning. So this is again, the long two, four long weekend, right? So Tuesday morning, eight o'clock, you're coming in and um, you're going to have a consult. And Tuesday morning, my wife and I, we drove down to St. Mike's hospital, sat down with Dr. Verma. He's like, yeah, you're in desperate need of open heart surgery. Um, so go talk to my receptionist and she'll book you in. She looks at me. She's like, okay, I've got something two weeks out. She's like, I know this is a lot for you guys to handle, but we just had a cancellation for tomorrow at 1230. Wow. Do you want the tomorrow at 1230? And, you know, everyone is thinking my automatic response was I'll take the tomorrow. In my mind, I'm thinking as a business owner, right? Two weeks kind of buys me time to kind of wind things down you know, kind of take care of my finances, you know, kind of get prepared because I knew I was going to be off, you know, four to six months and I wouldn't be able to work at all, you know, 
But then the thing that changed my mind was my daughter at the time was uh, graduating grade eight. And uh, during the grade eight, they have the, the parent-child dance. And, you know, in my mind, I'm calculating, well, if I wait two weeks, it'll take me four weeks to recover. I'll, I'll miss the dance. I won't be able to dance with her or go to her graduation. But if I do it tomorrow, I have a shot to get there. So that's why I actually took the next day. What a good uh, dad. And then, and, then, and then from there, it really <coughs> turned around. Like, we're in St. Mike's Hospital. I live near Mossport Racetrack. Right. So it's about an hour outside the city. So then I had to turn around, go home, get the kids out of school, tell them what was about to happen, you know, let my family know. Um, and then it's just like, I've got a client base. Like, how am I going to let them know that, you know, that I'm not around? So then I got on video and recorded a video and fired off social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, email, you know, my contact list, everybody, and just letting them know this is what's going to happen tomorrow. And I'm going to be offline for like six months if, I survive, um, you know, so sorry, but I can't help you for the next six months. I need to take care of myself, uh, you know, and then right away I'm pulling the wills and the powers of attorneys and all the insurance policies and pulling them, you know, on my desk and honey, this is where everything is. And then wow. my brother that night had to drive me back down to St. Mike's to get me admitted uh, because then they had to do all the pre-op stuff that evening. Um, so the pre-op stuff was all done. And then the next day at 1230 in the afternoon, I'm getting my chest sawed open and open heart surgery. And it was crazy. So that led to my podcast. Cause then when I was recovering, so I survived, obviously, um, I thought to myself, you know, and, and I, and I say this more about guys, we don't talk about what, what we're feeling. We don't talk about our fears. We don't talk about any of those things. Uh, and, and I gotta tell you, I was laying there, you know, thinking to myself, I'm going through a lot emotionally. I'm going through a lot, like there's a lot of fears. So it was a roller coaster ride. And I wanted to share that experience, not because I needed to share it for my own purpose, but it ended up being, um, therapeutic for me, but I needed to share it because if there was some other person out there who was about to experience it, um, had some questions, wanted to talk to somebody else, cause you can try to understand what it's like to go through a traumatic surgery like that, you have no idea unless you actually go through it. No, right? no doubt. Uh, so that was the <clears throat> reason why I started the podcast was more to kind of talk about that experience uh, and, and share what I was going through. And, um, and you know, what? it did have clients come to me saying, Hey, I'm, I'm about to have open heart surgery and I'm scared. And I, you know, I heard your story and it was very encouraging and helpful. And, you know, so, um, you know, what I was hoping to achieve has been achieved. Nice. And, uh, and then from there, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I've done a few, you know, episodes now there's nothing. So maybe I need to, you know, record some more shows and, and I didn't want to do the typical, you know, what's an RSP and what's a TFSA and, you know, should you take your CPP at age 60 or 65? Like there's a lot of that content out there. Um, so I'm trying to, I've been trying to stay away from that. It's just more of, situational you know when you're retiring here are some things that people go through you, you know a lot of people romanticize about what retirement's going to be like and, until you hit it and then it's very different it's very emotional very scary so that's kind of what led to the the podcasting that's interesting because i've never thought about that even like it i'm not retiring tomorrow mm -hmm. but i'm a heck of a lot closer to retirement now than i was than i used to be yeah. so you know the thought of work 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 and then all of a sudden what do you do? Oh, you, you have to transition into it because, and, and I'll tell you this, you know, it's normally, again, the guys are the difficult ones to deal with. So a lot of my, my uh, retired clients who I've worked with for 15, 20 years, it's usually the men that have the hardest time going through that phase. And it usually takes them 12 to 18 months to kind of get through it. And then they're comfortable with it. Um, but they're very scared because, you know, they went through their life where, hey, if there's a shortage of money, I'll just go to work and make money. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, I've got money. I can't go out and make it, and I can't lose what I've built. And, and if I run out of that before I die, like, I'm in trouble, right? So um, it's, it's a scary time. And what people think retirement's going to be like, it normally doesn't end up working that way for them. Yeah. Yeah, that's my fear for sure because – I should talk to you more, Jim. We'll we'll talk when we're yeah. off air, but, but <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have a whole lot of planning uh, that I've done so far, and I think I might actually be at the point where I could start talking about that. So, 
And the planning, you know what it is? I, I just say to people, it's like a roadmap, you know? Like, if you plan on doing a trip to Alberta, you know, it's it's a trip, and you need to have you have you have to have it mapped out. You need to just make sure that you know exactly how you're going to get there. You know what the destination is, but you need to make sure you're taking the right road, right, to to get yourself there. And that's really what planning is. It's just you know what the end goal is. Just make sure you're on track and you're doing the right things along the way. That's it. Yeah. Um. So if we knew that there was an end goal to a certain, let's say, event. Yeah. And we we're planning for this big financial, let's, let's just call it an event. Yeah. You know, and there was a lot of steps to get to that event yeah. in advance ahead of you. And there was this big cost to this event that you had to worry about. And there were these two people that were supposed to make it to that event together. Um, and they're going through that potentially right now. Uh, what advice would you have to people? Um, maybe, maybe people, I don't know, maybe, maybe like Aurora. Uh, who's, who's getting married soon yeah. and is going through like a crap ton of expenses that she has to think about. Is there any kind of creative financial advice that you would potentially be able to give to Aurora? So if, if uh, you know, in terms of the expenses that are happening, the reality is they're, they're expenses you're going to have to deal with. You know, like, again, I can sit here and say to someone like, I hated those budgeting shows where like, Hey, you know what? Put a tuning into the jar for every, you know, little thing. I hated that because it's not reality. Um, you know, the bottom line is, well, and again, I'm going to reference Dr. Phil here. You know, he says, you know, there's things you need. There are things that you want. And then there's things you can afford. Right. And, you know, try to work with the things you can afford. That's, that's really the bottom line. There is no magic pill. There's no special way of doing anything. And, you know, if you're dealing with a, a wedding up coming up front, it's, it's hopefully your, your one and only wedding. So you want to make it as special as you possibly can. But, you know, there are things too that maybe, you know, my, my wife and I, we got married, we were, you know, later in our years, I was, I don't know, late 20s, she was early 30s. And we financed our entire wedding. And it was just like, yeah, there's things that we wanted, but it didn't make sense because we also wanted a house. You know, and if it got in the way of us getting to a house and we had to rent the whole time, then you know what? At that stage, it was, we're just going to scale back on some of these things because it'll help us get into the house, which is ultimately our long-term goal, right? Um, you know, and, and building, you know, making sure that you're financially stable for the marriage, not the wedding. There's two different things. And everyone seems to focus on the wedding, but the marriage is really the, the most important part of it all. And making sure that you're on the right foot. So what I would say to young people getting married, and, and we have talked about this as well on our on our podcast episode with uh, Ryan, my co-host. He's also my associate advisor. Um, when you're young, start talking about money now. You know, that's the one thing. Like our, If you listen to our last episode, that's what we talked about. Is some of the fears is young people don't talk about money. Older people who are in a, in a, in a marriage or leading into a, a partnership don't talk about money. And the problem with that is if you don't understand who you are, so you can have a spender and you can have a saver. And that's Carol and I, my wife and I. I'm the spender, even though I'm the financial advisor. She's the saver. And in our 21 years together, I've taught her to enjoy some of the money a little bit more. And she's taught me to maybe question the purchase, right? Where before I would just kind of go in and, pick up whatever and walk away with it and then realize later that was a waste of money. Now I might pick it up, walk around the store for 15 minutes, kind of talk it through. And now I'd say 80% of the time, it's like, I really don't need that. And I put it away. Um, you know, you can have two savers in a marriage. And what I find with two savers is you're not building wealth. All you're doing is just kind of squirreling away money. And it's not really building wealth or growing wealth long-term, but the most dangerous, if you have two spenders, in the marriage because you're always going to be in debt and you're never going to have money. So you really need to understand as a couple before getting into the marriage, who are we in the relationship and to talk to a financial advisor, you know, because again, just mapping things out, getting the advice, because we're going to see things differently than the people who are in the trenches themselves. Right. So it's just start to talk to somebody and it doesn't cost a bunch of money to talk to financial advisors. 
you know, I would say stay away from the bank advisors. And I know I'll probably get sued for saying that now. But <laughs> the bottom line is you're dealing with an employee of the company that's not going to be there six months later and growing with you. You want to speak with someone, work with someone who's independent, who will kind of go through the different life, um, you know, changes that you're going through as well. What do you think of that, Aurora? Very interesting. Very good. I feel like I, I need this because I'm, um, I don't know if it's right away, but um, I've always had kind of struggles with, with money. Um, you know, like I know so many people who are like their family, their parents have been able to like pay for their like school and like car or phone bill. Like I started paying for things with my family almost as soon as I got a job. Mm -hmm. um, and I got a job when I was 15. Mm -hmm. um, so it's one of those things like, you know, little things here and there, like groceries, whatever. And then it adds up and then it's like, oh, well, I've got to go to college. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you have to apply for a student loan. Mm -hmm. And I had the student loan and I had to pay for paid all down myself um and then i was given poor advice i'm not going to say who gave me the poor advice but i was given advice at the time i was only working you know one shift at henry's at the time when i was in college um, and i had to pay for gas for a car that was old beat up chevy impala that my mm -hmm. grandparents said well we're getting rid of it so if if you want it, you can have it kind of thing. Um, and I had to pay for gas to drive from Stowville to Etobicoke. Mm. Uh, and I could barely afford to pay for the gas for the car with the mm. amount of hours that I worked, let alone the insurance and all the mm. other things that I still And the repairs that came with the old car. Dipping into student okay. loan and then dipping into credit card uh, to pay for expenses. And mm. it's, it's a continuous problem that like once you're in a big amount of debt it's it feels like there's no end mm -hmm. to it mm -hmm. in some ways um so i'm done with the student loan but i still have credit card debt um yeah. and uh yeah it's really tricky yeah it's really tricky um and i feel like the way that i've always dealt with things has been like oh you can figure it out yourself you can figure it out yourself um now being the serious and the relationship with Andrew, he's like, Oh, we can do it together. And it, there's like a block in my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, in some cases where I feel like, well, it's my mess. I have to, you know, clean it up and take care of it myself. So, I mean, there's another way to look at it though. Big conversation. You know, <laughs> yeah. If, if, if I was to become a photographer, I can either watch a whole bunch of YouTube videos and Google things and try to figure it out or, I can go to Henry's and Aurora and talk mm -hmm. to the professionals and have the professionals kind of help me along the way. Yeah. And I'd probably get a lot closer to the end point speaking with the professionals than trying to figure it out on my own. That's a great um, comparison. So we're, we're, we're coaches, you know, the bottom line, financial advisor, we're, we're coaches and our job is to kind of help you along the way. I'll give you, I'll, I'll share a personal experience. Uh, and this is something that I shared again, recently uh on one of our episodes um you know a lot of people think about financing as a bad thing paying interest is a bad thing and in, in some cases it is right but last year for example you know we we had a storm that came through our area we lost power for two and a half days water tank blew up on me and it, it cost me over ten thousand dollars to replace the water tank because my house is also heated by hot water and of course it was built 20 years ago so nothing's code anymore and oh by the way copper is expensive because of supply chain issues so you know you factor in the taxes it was 11,300 wow. so right away my thought process was I'll take that from my tax-free savings account and and just pay it all one shot and then I asked the question I'm like okay well what if I were to finance this what would that look like? And of course, the company came back all happy, like, you know what, we can amortize this for 15 years. It's 10% a year for 15 years. And it's 120 bucks a month. And right away, my reaction was, why would I pay 10%? You know, I'll probably just pay it off if I can do so. And then I looked at there's a, a process that I, I take my clients through whenever these situations come up with them. And I'm like, well, 
I should walk myself through the same process now, which I did. So when I plugged in the numbers and I said, you know, 11,300, 10% for 15 years, my interest was going to be over 12,000, yeah, $12,000 over 15 years. So it would have cost me over $23,000 between the cost and the interest. And again, my reaction was, why in the world would I pay $12,000 in interest if I'm able to kind of pay this off using my TFSA account? But then I ran the numbers. You know, I have this money in my TFSA account. If I pull it out, I'm no longer making the 7% that I've been making over 10 years on that, that money. So if I leave it in the TFSA and I'm earning 11 or earning 7% on that, what would that grow to 15 years from now? Well, it was like $32,000. So then I thought, well, if I take the money out of my TFSA so I don't pay this 11,000 or 12,000 interest cost, I actually lose 10 grand because I'm no longer making that money in the account. Mm. You understand it? Like it's it's easier if I if I if I'm able to visualize it. Um, so, you know, a lot of people don't realize that sometimes by using your own money, it actually could cost you more depending on what you were generating or earning off that money. So then I looked at well, what if I was like what was my break even point? So as long as if I was earning four and a quarter percent per year on my TFSA, I would have broken even in either scenario. So when you have money. To do it's that. easier. Yeah. It is when you're when you're coming from negative. That's when you need a financial planner to be able to point out and say, okay, so maybe you're not making it here. Maybe you're not making it here. But if you do this and this, you will get to that point. Or instead of you know you're carrying three different credit card debts, let's put a plan together on either consolidating into one, and you know accelerating your pay down. Right? There's different strategies in terms or going of going to a line of credit or. Yeah, there, there's a lot of different options, but that's really what we're there for, is we're there mm -hmm. to see that and visualize that and, and offer those recommendations. The bottom line, though, it's up to the people to follow through with the advice, right? Yeah. And that's where I think the most creativity would come from. I mean, you have to look at what's, mm -hmm. what's there to work with mm -hmm. and then think of what's the best way to maximize whatever is there, right? Yeah. Like, it's pretty scary thinking about buying a house in this day and age, that's for sure. Well... Yes and no. Again, that are, and and I might be a little bit different or contrarian to everybody else, but you know, yeah, a house thirty years ago would have been two hundred thousand dollars, but we we're also making five bucks an hour, right? Like everything's relative, you know. So, is it hard? Yeah, there there are programs in place to kind of help you to get there. I, I think nowadays, you know, with someone who's younger looking to buy, I think what happens is they just want that four bedroom home now as opposed to kind of building up to it, you know, um, you know, and that's what I say to the younger clients that I work with, start off with a small little condo and it's not your forever home. It's your starter home and build some equity. You're paying, it's a forced savings plan because you have to make that mortgage payment, right? So whatever that mortgage payment is, you're forcing to pay down that debt. So it is a form of a, a forced savings plan. And give yourself a few years in that and allow for some of that debt to be paid down and allow for some of the capital to grow. I mean, you know, it is real estate right now. We're dealing with a bit of a blip, but, you know, long term, I still think real estate is going to be strong, fundamentally speaking, for Canadians. Um, so, you know, you should be achieving two, three, four percent per year on that. Then at that point, it's OK. I built a little bit of equity. Now I can maybe sell that and get into something a little bit bigger. And it might take you three moves, maybe four moves to finally get into your forever home. But that's really the way to do it as opposed mm. to trying to hit the home run right off the bat. You know, it's funny. Um, Aurora and I have a coworker who kind of did that similar process, came to the country, um, mm. worked for a camera store mm. and bought a place because he had the advice to buy a place and he mm. lived there for a few years and sold it and made enough money that he yeah. doesn't have to stress as badly today. You know, like yeah. that was his launching point to get him where he needed to be. Um, yeah. He didn't plan on staying there forever. It was a stepping point. And yep. he's recently found his, I think maybe another stepping point place. I don't know who knows, but yeah. and uh, the beauty and beauty in Canada is you can do that with your principal residence and not pay tax on any of their growth. Right. That's the other benefit. So all that growth is tax free and you can just roll that into your next principal residence and, and, and kind of build it up until you get to 
that final point where you say, hey, I'm now happy with where I'm at. It just takes time to build into it. So the first one's never going to be the, 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 the best one, but just get your foot in the door. Like that's, that's really it is just get your foot in the market and build as soon as you can. Yeah. Well, cause, cause here's the other thing with rent, right? You're losing a hundred percent of that money. You're never going to get that back. You're never going to get it back. If you're paying, you know, 1500 bucks a month in rent, $18,000 a year. And you do that for 10 years, that's $180,000. And you walk away from that. The landlord is not going to say, Hey, you are a nice person. I'm going to give you some of it back. They're pocketing it all themselves. And what if you had that 180,000, you know, in your pocket, in a home, for example, growing at three or 5% per year. Now that number becomes even that much bigger. Mm -hmm. Right. Now I, I have to admit, I was quite lucky when we bought this place that we live in now, it was 20 plus years ago and the house value was, let's just say it could be worth over 800 today. Mm -hmm. It was maybe one seventh of that when we bought it ish. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we struggled with the payments just like anybody renting would and we did what yeah. we had to. And, you know, we yeah. both worked retail and, and, and did our best. Yeah. not making tons yeah. and we're at a place today where we're still working retail and doing our best but yeah. at the same time we have equity in the place that we own and if yeah. if we did get into trouble we know that we have a safe um a safe environment that we can draw from if we had to right yeah for sure so yeah, yeah sure. no that's great advice i think getting a place young is important it's just not easy and uh no. it's super scary <laughs> it's super scary Oh, it, it's scary, and it's never been easy. Not twenty years ago, you know, not fifty years ago, and and not in the future. You know, it it is scary. It really is, and it's not easy. But there are ways to do it. You know, it's funny. You, you mentioned earlier how you know back in the day you're making four dollars an hour, and da, 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 versus what today it's more. It couldn't be more true. I mean, I was making four twenty five an hour working for Nosh. Yeah, and yeah. plus commission, plus commission. Right. Well, the two two percent, I think it was. Yeah, two percent over sixty five hundred, and we yeah. sold maybe ten grand a month. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that was that was lucrative. But yeah. anyway, lots of uh, mac and cheese, lots of mac yeah. and cheese back then, <laughs> and hot dogs when they were two dollars a package, and now they're eight, which is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, Jim, man, that was great advice. I really appreciate you going into detail on that. Um, hopefully, that could help Aurora or other people as well listening. Um, and again, that's the super creative side to um, looking at a, a problem and mm. thinking outside the box on how to get the most out of it, right? So, yeah, of course you're creative, dude. And the podcasting, what a great idea. How, where's your next step with the podcast? Well, it, it was tough for a while when it was just me and I was a lone ranger trying to interview myself or just, you know, kind of doing whatever. Um, I was fortunate last fall I added Ryan as an associate advisor. And one of the things I'd said to Ryan, I said, you know what, I'd love to kind of pick up on the podcast, maybe record on a more frequent uh, basis, because before it was a one off here or there, there really wasn't any plans, uh, planned episodes. Um, so, you know, Ryan loved the idea. He always wanted to get into podcasting. So that he saw it as an opportunity for him as well. And it's been great. You know, he and I are very similar in terms of our personalities and uh, kind of laid back. Um, and yeah, we, ha we have a great time. So I think really it's just more of, we would like to maybe record every couple of weeks. Um, I think we've only done one where we've interviewed someone. So I think I definitely would like to do a little bit more of that kind of like you're doing with me today mm -hmm. is, uh, interviewing others and, and kind of bringing them, them. Um, the challenge in my industry, there's so much compliance. So, you know, we're, there's kind of like a big brother association that, will restrict us on what we can say or what can be said. So that's a bit of a challenge sometimes in terms of the topic. So we're being very careful in terms of, you know, the topics that we choose and what we want to talk about and who we bring in to, to interview. Good. And yeah. you know what? It's fun any way you look at it. And the reason we started what we do here is, again, during COVID, yeah. we needed to keep our creativity going. Yeah. And I didn't want to do it alone. And I know Aurora didn't want to do it alone. And, yeah. you know, I knew Mark and Ryan at the time. And since then, you know, we've asked Sean to be a part of it. And yeah. it's, it's, we look forward, I look forward, I'll speak for myself only. I look forward <coughs> to Monday nights because I get to talk to these guys and find out yeah. more about what they're up to and talk to people like you and catch up. Yeah. And yeah. I've had a lot of people I've known in the past on, and I've had a lot of people I'd never known on. Yeah. 
And yeah. you just never know where the conversation is going to go sometimes. Yeah. Unless you, you create a show where your like, format is so strict and regimented, which I don't know yeah. if I could handle. And I, I'm pretty confident Sean wouldn't be involved in it if it was like super boring. But that's actually one thing that we, we're, you know, we've done on purpose. You know, a lot of the unsolicited comments are, oh, your podcast is so raw, it's so authentic. And I'm thinking, are they really saying like low production or like what, <laughs> what, what, what do they really mean by this? <laughs> um, so, but, but one of the things that, you know, Ryan and I agreed to was we didn't want it to make it this big, huge production, you know? So I am using some technology. So that's kind of helped out, you know, with some, again, I'm not a writer. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not great with a camera, but, you know, using things like chat GPT to kind of give me an outline that helps me to kind of, you know, so it's not, scripted but here's just some points to kind of follow mm -hmm. and, and like you said sometimes you kind of go off of it and and what which is great um and then you know using avatars you know as an intro to our podcast a lot of people don't you know some people are looking say it doesn't look quite real but most people think it's a real actor you know basically introducing us and and it's not it's it's ai technology that i found online and uh so That's i look cool. so the creative side mm -hmm. for me is actually kind of working with technology i love that and that gets gets my juices rolling for sure that's cool. And, you know, we didn't even talk about guitar or anything like that, but we're almost at the end of the conversation. Maybe uh, before we say goodbye, unless Aurora or Sean, you have anything you'd like to ask about the financial planning before we move on? No, I'm good, man. Math isn't really my strong suit, so all this talk about numbers is like... And listen, and, and, and don't feel don't feel guilty about spending your money on cars because I had a CRX and it was all juiced up with stereo equipment and stuff. And you know, so I've been there, done that, you know. So don't don't feel I guilty about CRX. enjoying that. Yeah. I know. I'm trying to. You just you gotta convince my mom that it's it's something I need to enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's in Jim's it, job description, convincing mothers, but I don't no. I don't know. No. no, my mom hates it. She she despises the fact I spend money on my car. Like, why do you yeah. why do you spend your money like that? It's like, well, yeah. I don't have anything else. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No Picasso's and, and, hanging on the wall behind you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and one day, just just like me, I'll you'll look back like I can't believe I spent all that money. You know, you're gonna enjoy it in the moment, and I enjoy it in the moment. But sometimes I look back like, man, like how much you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars were spent on a car. And but hey, you enjoy it, and it's something that uh, you can look back on and say that uh, it's something that you did, and you know, no regrets. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No regrets for sure. Yeah. No yeah. regrets. <laughs> no regrets. Yeah. All right. Well, guitar playing, man. I mean, yeah. do you still play? Because I know you were classically trained to play guitar. Yeah, I, I went to the Royal Conservatory of Music for I believe it was like eight years um, wow. to learn classical, and I haven't touched the guitar really in like twenty-five years or so. Um, wow. Don't even know if I would know how to play it, but you know, interesting. Love, love the guitar. Growing up, loved instruments. I mean, I could pick up an instrument and start playing it. Um, which was a talent that I had, uh, or even with my guitar, I can listen to a song. It's like, hey, I really want to learn how to play that song. And I can kind of figure it out on the guitar fairly quickly. Wrote a lot of songs, you know, when I was in love, a lot of awesome love songs. Then when my heart was broken, you know, a lot of sad songs and, uh, but they're all buried somewhere. Like, I don't, I don't even know where they are. So, um, hmm. but still, you know, I kind of stopped with music for a while, like listening to it, like it was all talk radio and stuff. And then my kids started getting into music. And because of them, I kind of circled back. And now I'm kind of back into the whole music thing and just listening to it and enjoying it. And uh, yeah, it's um, the love is coming back. And, I, and I'm hoping someday I'll, I'll pick up the guitar again and uh, maybe some of it will come back. And if not, I might even go back and take some lessons and just kind of figure it out. Nice. Yeah. Well, when you start playing again, I'll start playing again, and we'll start a band. I'll play the drums. You play guitar, and we'll right. we'll, we'll do something. Sounds awesome. That'd <laughs> All right. Be so awesome. we'll yeah. we'll keep in touch for that. Um, yeah. But I love that. I mean, and I think again, playing in a band and playing music, and also selling stereos as long as we did, we have yeah. a fine appreciation for good sound and things like that. So yeah. we have three questions that we like to close our show off with. One of okay. which is a challenge issued to our listeners um do you remember the challenge that you issued to our listeners that you emailed me i i believe it was and i think it went back to my own personal experience 
um, when I worked at Stereo Den, and I think it was the first time I really learned to appreciate the quality of good sound. And can I share the story quickly? So people Go for it, yeah. It. So I was uh, sent to deliver some, uh, I believe it was energy speakers to an elderly couple up in Bradford. And at the time, it was $10,000 for a set of these energy speakers. Hmm. And I, I, I showed up to their place and the old man, so he would have been in his mid-70s, British speaking. He's like, oh, bring them in here and set them up over here. And there's literally a tower from floor to ceiling of electronic equipment back then. So this was about 30 years ago. And it was tube amplifiers and record players. And he used to build his own amplifiers. That's what his mm. previous job was before he retired. So he had me set up these two speakers, one on each side properly. And, you know, usually it's just like I, I get up and he's like, no, 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 son. You need to sit right here in the middle at this spot and you need to close your eyes. So I'm, I'm thinking this is weird because I was, again, a teenager or whatever. And, you know, back then I was listening to Gino Beats and all that stuff. And uh, he's like, <laughs> I'm going to play this one song. And I never heard it before in my life. And it was Pavarotti singing the song Caruso. And I had my eyes shut. And it felt like Pavarotti was standing like right in front of me, singing to me. And all of a sudden, I had this emotion just overcome me. Like I was you know, goosebumps and I was tearing up. It was just the most beautiful thing that I heard. And that's the moment when I really appreciated good sound, right? Because back then I was into the Surin Vegas and the subwoofers and all that stuff. Um, and then since then now, a lot of times you'll find me, what I'll do is, you know, I'll sit outside. I've got a nice little stereo system set up outside or if I'm at home by myself and I'll just sit back, shut my eyes and just really get into the song and it doesn't have to be classical it could be whatever you want but you you will pick up a different instrument that even if you've heard that song a thousand times before you shut your eyes you're set you're sitting in the proper spot you have your right and your left and it's like oh, i didn't realize there was a tambourine in there you know you just pick up on these little subtleties so my challenge is you know if you're able to and you have a, a decent set of speakers it doesn't have to be surround sound just a, a decent right and left just shut your eyes, you know, even with a drink of your choice, I don't care. I'll do, I do it with a cigar and a whiskey and just really listen to what's coming out of those speakers and try to not just listen to it, but feel it, you know, uh, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. And it's good for your mental health. It is. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my challenge. I do that as often as possible. And believe it or not, most of the time now, the best sound I have is my car. So yeah. I'll, I'll go out and it's just a stock system. I, I just got a, a Mazda three recently and yeah. I've always had GM cars and they've yeah. always had shit sound. And yeah. this car actually has a tweeter. Well, speaker. It in business. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but this car is my first car that actually has a tweeter, like six inch combo, yeah. Uh, yeah. no sub or anything like that, but it yeah. still sounds better than, you know, my headphones or listening to yeah. my phone, which is the majority of my music listening these days. Yeah. And Air I'm listening to music. Like that, yeah. No, I can't wear those. I don't like those. Yeah. They, they, in my ears, I don't like that. I like to have yeah. sound, you know, like what you're talking yeah. about, proper sound. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, listening to music in my car, <laughs> Shelly hates it. She'll, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, I'll be out there listening yeah. to music in my car. But, yeah. uh, no, I, I love it, and I do encourage people to do that for sure. So, yeah. great challenge. Yeah. All right, next question. We have another question after this, and then we'll let you go. Uh, next question is... Speaking of music, what's your jam? What's that one song that you just can't live without? Anytime it comes on, you have to listen to it all the way through. Five-star rating every device you listen to it on. What's your jam? Love Shack. <laughs> oh, God. That's the one Honestly, song you can hear the name of, and the whole song goes through your head instantly. Yeah. It's you know, you know, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those songs. Well, because there's so many memories that, that go along with it, too. Um, so whenever I hear it, I have to like everything's like you know just crank the volume and listen to it. Now, if you ask me what song do I use to test like a, a sound system with you know if I want bass, it's Vogue every single time. Yeah, we used to and use I, that all the time. Yeah, yeah, and I've taught my nephews to do the same thing. You know, and uh, and it's just because it's just the, the the mids come in nicely there in the beginning, and then you get the kind of low end kind of kicks it, and then when it actually hits. 
right? Like that's that's the one that I use because you get it all around that. And the other one, which I think Nadim used to use all the time, was Money for Nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the drums. That's, another, and, that's yeah. another one. If you just shut your eyes and you just sit there and you just get the whole intro coming, like that's a freaky song to... So to I think a big reason why you like those two specifically is I'm, I'm pretty confident they were still recorded in the analog days. So we have analog, digital, digital copy, right? Yeah. Um, where it's not recorded digital 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 so there's still some yeah. warmth and there's this really nice yeah. production value to it on both yeah. of those yeah. awesome yeah. good choices all right cool um and the final question mm-hmm. before we say good evening is right. tool of the trade what do you consider to be that one thing that you rely on um, to get you through your day-to-day whether it's career or personal um, that you would consider to be that tool of the trade it could be an actual tool it could be a you know, a, a mental thing. Right. What What do you fall back on every day as your real tool of the trade? I, well, I, I live off of my CRM system. Um, that's that's a big one for me. And a lot of financial advisors don't have one. And we've been working with one for many, many years because we record all of our history with our clients. Now with AI technology, like it'll come up and, you know, we get an email and, and it'll pull the information from the CRM saying, hey, you had a meeting with this client, you know, three months ago and this is what you guys talked about or there's like talking points and it's just you know if a client emails about a life event a, you know a health issue we have that kind of there in front of us snapshot um so i would say that we live off of crm um, so just to clarify crm is customer retention management is that right client relationship client. management oh okay all right yeah yeah so basically it, it, it again tracks all the history and and keeps everything all centralized so i would say that as a boring tool um we also use our our financial planning program and we like it you know going back to maybe the uh, the artistic side of things our creative side of things it's visual so a lot of times we build that out you know and all of a sudden i can see the snapshot of everybody's financials and that's where kind of i start to visualize hey this is how we can make some moves along the way almost like chess pieces so that's another big one that uh, that I work with. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I'm just getting pings right now. Mark just made it home from work. <laughs> so he, I guess he missed the episode, but that's okay. We love Mark. Uh, Jim, great answers. Thank you so much for being here today. It's really great catching yeah, up with pleasure. you and hearing Lots what you've been fun. up to. Um, Aurora, yeah. Sean, anything you'd like to say to, to Jim before we say goodnight? Well, thanks so much for being on. Uh, I really appreciate it. I um, like the advice that you gave and um, all that. Do you happen to have like um, like a quick tip or quick like challenge that you could give to somebody who's trying to save money or trying to pay off something? I think the first thing really is you need to map everything out. You, you need to put everything in a, into a planning program to visualize where things are going. So I, I think that's really the first thing is to try to work with someone who can help you with that. Yeah. Um, you know, when I started in the industry, a lot of the people that would come to us for help were usually in their 50s and 60s saying, hey, I want help now. And sometimes it was too late. We just didn't have enough time. And also they've right. developed a lot of bad habits along the way. When you're younger and you work with a professional, we can kind of help you correct some of those habits. And you have time to course correct along the way as well. So really the tip is try to work with someone um, who can kind of coach you along the way. Um, And also, I just want to quickly point out TVH stands for tortoise versus hare. Yep. So I think that's a brilliant name for your business, tortoise versus hare. You're you're thinking of the long game. You're thinking of getting to the the prize the right way. Not necessarily yep. the hasty, quick way, which yep. um, it kind of goes in line with that advice you just gave to Aurora. Mm-hmm. You know, have somebody who can plan it out, see it from a bigger picture, and and help you guide your your path a little bit better. Yeah, there's no quick fix. There really isn't. And and when people try to get into the quick fix, that's when they get themselves in bigger trouble. Mm. Yeah. Sean, uh, dude, thanks. Thank you very much for coming on the show tonight. I mean, when Brian posted in the group chat that we're talking to uh, a financial planner slash advisor, I was like, I'm, I don't know what the hell I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I numbers to me, like, yeah, 
anything math related, I my brain shuts down. I start drooling. Like yeah. it just shuts <laughs> off. Uh, so I go I go full idiot straight up. Yeah. Um, but no, you mean I I I've I've learned so much already just within this this hour of of listening Good. to you go on and. Yeah. And uh, you have this vibe about you that's just, you know, like if you were my financial planner, I would, it's, I feel like I could just have a beer with you and we could just talk money and. Oh, I drink beer. You figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> we can work with that. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah, that. No problem. And, and on another point, I'm, I still can't believe that you actually like just right, like just out of random, you saved your own life. That to me is like mm. wild. That's yeah, crazy, man. It's like, amazing. The fact well, that I, you I, just were able to like just say, you know what? No, I, I want this now. Give it to me now. Just give me the open thing and, you know, cut me up and figure it out. Right. And then yeah. you just saved your own life, dude. That's wild to me. Yeah. I, I don't know if that was a universe thing, you know, whoever believes what. But uh, yeah, I, I was definitely one of the lucky ones. And trust me, when I see my cardiologist now and he sees me, he's happy because he knew he had a close call. Right. Yeah, no doubt. Call. Yeah, you yeah. saved a, um, a class action suit or a, a lawsuit against him potentially. <laughs> but, I, but no, but see, I don't blame him. I've had people ask me that, you know, and I don't because he followed protocol, like he followed everything, and everything in his training said there's no, there's nothing wrong here to worry about, nothing to work, so just leave it, right? So I don't blame, I don't blame him at all. I actually give him credit because a cardiologist to listen to a patient say, "No, you're wrong, and I want you to do this." You know, many of them who have a God complex would have said, no, forget it. We're just yeah. not doing this. For ego would have prevented around, it. For him to put his ego down and say, you know what? All right, let's let's do this. I th still think it's a waste of time. I actually give him full credit for that, to be honest with you. That's a good approach. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, so I, um, I got lucky that I had him as a cardiologist. Jim, where could people find you online to, to track you down to get some financial advice from you? Yeah, uh, website, www.tvhfinancial.ca. Um, that'll take you right to my website. Uh, and of course, the, the different social media platforms, you can do a search for TVH Group. You'll find us on YouTube. Um, we're, we're also on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're not on TikTok. Um, and, uh, and then finally, if you want to listen to our podcast too, we're just search the Tortoise and Hare Financial Podcast, and uh, you'll find us there as well. Awesome. Thank you so yeah. much, man. Aurora, yeah, thank, thank you. you. Sean, thank you. And to all of you who stuck through this episode, thank you very much for watching. <clears throat> we love doing this and talking with old friends and new friends is just the best part of it. So thanks for watching. We'll see you all next week and have a great one. Take care, everyone. Thanks, guys. Peace. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh.